0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid Tog. I've, I've just realized, Sid Talk, that this year on Christmas Day, and I didn't know this until um a few minutes ago, that you work all day. Correct. What a bugger. <laughs> I like Christmas Day. I like opening presents. I like watching Doctor Who in the afternoon. I like uh, watching EastEnders, that kind of thing. You know, I traditional eating our lovely dinner.
1: I could probably finagle. This is the before the after the show discussion leaking into the... The shish show. The shish show. I could probably finagle the second part. I don't I work from seven to seven, so I could probably finagle with the person who's gonna give me some sob story about having children to deal with on Christmas morning.
0: And I and I appreciate that, but personally.
1: I um, kinda do. We
0: don't have children, but we have each other and <laughs> yes. we're a a part <laughs> I, of Christmas Day.
1: What yeah. I I'm not saying I don't understand why to be with your children. What I don't like is the whiny bitchiness of it, like well and I just told you in the past, because I'm a supervisor. This is how people approach you. Well, I guess, um, it's okay. I I, I don't need to have off Christmas morning. It's, it's okay. I, I don't need to. No, yeah, it's Yeah, they always do that, yeah. It's fine. I don't need to spend it with my kids. I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll work it out. That makes me want to say, fine, then don't. Just come up to me and say, hey. Yeah, you don't, don't, you don't, don't try
0: and make me feel guilty.
1: Nope. Just say, hey, I'd really like to spend the day with my kids. And I'll say, awesome. I have no problem. And, now. you know,
0: people would say, yeah, well... People who've got kids, well, they should be with their kids on Christmas Day. It doesn't matter about you two not being with each other yeah, but at all. You chose to have a But what I mean kids. is yes, this is valid too, being <laughs> yeah. together and not being on your own all day. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So screw you with kids. People with kids.
1: Well not no. Screw you people who try to use it as some sort of yeah. sympathy magnet. China, because it's black it. blackmail
0: blackmailers with your If you
1: have a sick kid, I'm gonna have some sympathy for you, but even then. If you start throwing it at me like it's some sort of, like, like you're the only person in the world who's ever had a sick kid, I'm going to be saying that. Like Sick Ooh. kids is
0: the, I was just, we just watched To Do With This Movie. We just watched a thing, a documentary, which came with this movie. And uh, I'm not, like, super emotional kind of person, right? Yeah. But sick kids who are dying of cancer.
1: That kind of sick is different. It makes
0: me really upset looking oh, at too. them. Me too. And I don't get upset over things, but I look at them and, and I'm on the verge of crying.
1: Me too. Aww, because they're just you little cry.
0: people like who...
1: Yeah, and I mean... I... And they
0: look... And you know, the physical thing of cancer, when you see a little kid and it, they look like they're about to die, right? right. They're, they're malnutrition. The whole thing, like, it's hard, to, hard for me.
1: I can't. Because I don't have a thing about death. Death, you know, I accept it. as part of life. I, even children dying, it's part of life. It's horrific. If it's a tragedy and horrible, some circumstances can, but, and I don't mean but, I mean, in addition to that, there is this extra thing of a child, a young person, battling an illness for any extent, for any period of time. Even a kid who's got a broken limb, I just think, ooh, as an adult, I've learned to cope with certain things how to kind of like compartmentalize things like pain and suffering and inconvenience and control it a bit. When you're a kid and you're now needles and surgeries and people talking about radiation and chemotherapy and inevitably discussing with you your mortality when you're seven, five, six, eight, ten years old and think about kids hitting puberty and oh my god I know what you're saying. Like it just makes you think like oh, it's so unfair but it is it I did that to me too. That's when my st- tears started to flow. So, I was like, "Oh my god!"
0: So completely off topic, and not to start you off in a morbid fashion about like, "Oh, we, we won't be together on Christmas." A, we, and, we don't and kids like are children,
1: dying. and B, we don't like children with cancer. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like children to have cancer.
0: Yeah. So, uh, on a more uplifting note, yeah. this is after the show number two five two. It is number two hundred and fifty-two, and this is. Are you si- not
1: able to read the number?
0: No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember whether the number was on the right or the left, and I was looking on the right. So it's two fifty-two, and uh, today is December the first. First day. I I only realised it was December the first at about three o'clock this afternoon. So uh, we're in December. How quick did this year go? Not really. It did for me. Very quick. Well, the last half of this year. December just hit us like that, I think.
1: I mean, I've made an effort to uh, keep stuffing my brain with new things, and I think it makes time go more filled.
0: So, the movie we're looking at this week is The Dark Knight Rises. Um, it's a small, independent thriller. No, it's not. Um, it's a $300 dollar movie that everybody knows about a 2012 movie it's released actually this Tuesday coming up on the 4th of December so you can go and pick it up then Uh, it's PG-13 it's from our friends at Warner Brothers and uh, the tagline for this movie over the summer was rise it's a good tagline Um, and you know that chant that Mm -hmm. they do that's rise that's the word rise over and over again
1: yeah I know I was watching the movie (laughs) when they explained that thank you though Um, I'm just saying I'm saying to the
0: viewers listeners I was calling viewers so um (laughs) so Sid Talk is going to give us the synopsis, and actually, just preface this by, we dubbed this week Batman Week. We actually spent the whole week revisiting the Nolan trilogy. We didn't watch all the 80s and 90s Batman, but we watched this, we watched um, Batman Begins on Monday, and then we watched The The Dark Knight Rises on Thursday, and then today we watched, sorry, we watched The Dark Knight on Thursday, and The Dark Knight Rises today. So, we are very fresh... On this whole trilogy. So we, um, and that does factor into how good these movies are. Seeing, sure. seeing the whole, I see them as one big movie, to be honest. Sit so up, what's the synopsis of uh, The Dark Knight Rises?
1: <clears throat> really? I have to give you a synopsis? Is there anyone listening to this who doesn't already know? But anyway, Bruce Wayne is Batman, spoiler. <clears throat> oh. And um, he uh, has I... to battle a really bad guy.
0: That's a good synopsis. Well, what... Just clear and to I've the point. I've boiled
1: it down to its bare essentials. Bruce Wayne, rich billionaire, potentially having threatening threatened his money, and there's a bad guy coming to threaten Gotham Gotham City. Or Gotham. Is it Gotham City or is it just Gotham? City of it's Gotham.
0: It's, it's Gotham City, it's Gotham. It, it, it's all of them. Like we call New York City, New York? Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's it. Someone's threatening Gotham and Batman slash Bruce Wayne has to stop him.
0: Alright, so let's... (laughs) That's a good... uh, Up front here, we did... If you
1: think there's anything else to it, then you're barking up the wrong tree. We
0: watched the uh, trilogy this week, so let me say off the bat here, there might be spoilers if you have not seen Batman trilogy. We'll try to stay relatively spoiler-free of The Dark Knight Rises, but we might talk about the other two. So if you haven't seen them, go and see them. Come back, listen to this. So, give you a chance to turn the turn the <laughs> radio off. Are we on the radio?
1: Yeah. Rah, turn radio. the wireless off. Turn off that radio, boys. <laughs> All
0: right. So we'll start with um, well we'll start with like while well, we I see it as a one big movie, and it really is one of those trilogies that does really fit together. To, watching them back, watching them back Other to back. Other
1: than the one little little uh, cast change.
0: <laughs> yeah, the cast change is unfortunate, but. Um you, you get over it pretty it, yeah. quickly, don't you? Um
1: I will say, however, I think even though I like Jillian Hall, I like the first one better. I
0: actually do too. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I don't did. I don't like her necessarily better as an actress overall because I love Jillian Hall. I mean they're fairly similar. But I like the vibe of the first one better. She was more more I found her more
0: I found the first, uh Katie Holmes uh one more emotional than gyllenhaal's one i found gyllenhaal's one like cocky and aggressive whereas i found katie ohm's one more softer and
1: more of a do-gooder yes than the Gyllenha- gyllenhaal's a little bit jaded and yet still wants to do good but right. i didn't feel there was a it wasn't down to the actresses necessarily i think the way they just wanted the vibe of the different well, the the
0: like like she changed in some way but it You know, like the the characters' vibes. Later,
1: I guess we have to factor that in. She's probably seen a lot of shit, but that was my only. That's the only blip in the whole of it, really.
0: So let me preface Uh, that I just want to say, after watching these again this week, this is the best superhero trilogy for me. And I always thought that, because what this has over other ones is I find it really grown up. It's not a film for kids it's not you know like the Avengers it's it come. it's really good I like the Avengers don't get me wrong but it's
1: family oriented but it's
0: family oriented it's it's funny it's silly one line is that a trilogy well it's a bunch of movies right
1: okay, uh, okay.
0: I mean the Avengers and all the ones that preceded it like okay a, how many so you're years? talking
1: about like Spider-Man those
0: yeah all those the, all Spider-Man that we just saw
1: and those are the only two aren't there that's it
0: Superman um the Hulk <laughs> but anyway, all all, all all super... This is almost like one that was made for me because it's more... It's darker, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It's more made like an adult's film, I, I think, the way it feels. It feels like an intelligent, thought-provoking, more grown-up film. You know, it's quite disturbing. When it, when I see that it's a PG-13 and then you see some of the violent acts that are carried out through these films, I always think, you know, it, it is... Yep. You know, people just die, like, willy-nilly. Like, machine guns go spraying people. You know, it's, there's no holds bad in these movies. So it's a bit more grown-up for me, and I really like that about it. And I just feel like it's really intelligent. It, like, the script is so well-written, and the plot twists and turns, and the fact that all three movies are, are, like, very long. They're all two and a half hours or longer. There's a lot of time to build the characters, like in this movie The Dark Knight Rises the first half an hour you know I don't want to spoil but uh, Bruce Wayne's in a certain position in his mind and his, you they can explore that because they've got half an hour to Absolutely. do it before even anything happens like so and in other movies like the Avengers they have to get to it don't they they have to get to the action in this they don't they build up um, I just I think they're fantastic uh, watching them again this week I'm blown away. And, and Batman Begins... Um, I seen it a long time ago and never revisited it. And I can't believe actually how good it is. Because I didn't remember it. And I do remember the Dark Knight being fantastic. And I wasn't wrong with Heath Ledger. It's just... You know, it's stunning. But the Batman Begins is so good too. Like, it's, it's not a... It's a really good start to the story. And when you've seen all three, you know, it all... all Um, you know sticks together perfectly doesn't it
1: what are the flaws if any
0: um it's really the flaws that one thing changing Rachel she's got Rachel changing her character yeah you know that's a bit jarring when you start to watch The Dark
1: Knight um particularly if you watch it two days later (laughs) yeah if it's like three years later it might not have the impact but I don't see many flaws like
0: what I really like about Batman as a superhero is the reality of him. Like, how, it's all explained, and it's all explained in this movie. Like, if he can fly, well, it's told why he can fly. I'm not saying he can fly, right. but if he can fly...
1: It's still a suspended thing of reality. It is, but it's a... We're going to give you the, a, a thread of yeah, physics. Based that in
0: military work. technology, thing, you know it's all explained. Like they right? kind
1: of give you the thing of, well, you know what, it's at a military level, therefore you probably wouldn't understand it anyway, and then here's what it is. Right. So you've already accepted that this might be something I've never would have heard of. Oh, so that fabric will you know like so you go oh okay
0: (laughs) but I really like that, that, that because in some superhero things it's a superpower or you know which can't really be explained apart from oh the green lantern wears this ring and does it you know it is explained but it's so super fantastic exactly in this no you can go oh yeah that's a Kevlar bodysuit that he's wearing it's not some magical suit from space, it's...
1: If you're a billionaire, you can build it. Yeah, you can build that suit. (laughs) That's the limitation in your life, is that you can't. But someone could, you know. That's why the um, astronaut farmer always, you know, we watch it, and then every time I think of it, I think, you know, there's that reality that you accept, and then there's this, like, okay, well, okay. He's still able to somehow acquire all these things, and yet you accept it because you they balance out the... His frailties as human, his position in p- society, with this sort of comic book version of a city, which is horrible and violent and mobsters and all that kind of stuff. So you have to something has to bridge the gap between the comic book story and the reality. And I think that's where the bat. Like I think you still like Watchmen more
0: yeah I think see, right. see and the reason I like Watchmen is it's a really grown up comic book movie it's then that is an hour because it's
1: a really grown up comic
0: book it movie. is right and it's an hour rated movie for, for reasons correct you know there's a rape in it it's, it's it's hardcore for a superhero movie and I love that in fact I didn't even I'd never read Watchmen as a comic we watched Watchmen the movie I couldn't believe what I was seeing it was like okay this is then you had to go back and read it Um, I have not read it. Oh. I would like to read it, but I've not read it. But um, there is a Blu-ray that's just come out with the comic book included. I would love to read that. Um, (coughs) Warner Brothers. uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm telling Warner Brothers to send me a copy.
1: Because he loves it. He'll say nice things about it. But yeah,
0: Watchmen and this. You know, their comic book movies made for me in like. And I'm thinking of other comic book movies like Daredevil. You know, it's very... There's a difference, isn't there, between the ones that
1: Not just the quality of it, but the story they're trying to tell. Right. The kind of... The thing they're... It's kind of almost... Even Avengers, they're trying to appeal to a certain... Slightly cheesy.
0: There's a slight cheat where there's none of that to this. It's like... If you've watched any Christopher Nolan's other movies... Memento... um, The Prestige... Um... Inception, these these Dark Knight movies are as intelligent and thoughtful as those movies. He makes them in that way. He makes them in the, you know, I don't need to, like, sh- you know, slap you around and like I'm not
1: Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to like.
0: I don't need to like spell everything out to you. Like, just watch this it and think about it a bit and think about you know the motivation behind things and I don't need to say like you know exposition all the time they
1: do they explain everything
0: he does a bit but he is less so and the writing is like spawn and every single person in these movies the casting whoever did the casting they deserve some kind of award because <laughs> to get this amount of talent is in that one, even
1: award academy awards there is no award for casting no there
0: isn't, isn't it? for getting those be all that together like and it's a thought maybe there is in the technically bit or something i don't know
1: there wouldn't be a reason to except when you think about it cuz to to assemble the, a cast that's this quality.
0: cast is like it, throughout all three movies is just top quality the entire time like there's nobody where you go oh my god they they chose him i don't like him he's like oh he chose her you know and she's going to bring it down a bit it's never like that everybody is top quality yeah I, I don't know if that's because those people would be attracted to Christopher Nolan like because he's
1: that's well, Batman as well. You're gonna awesome. get a lot of attention. Um
0: but there's something that elevates these movies over other superhero movies to me. I've got a fondness for Batman. I just like the reality of Batman. I like that somebody would you know Yes, Tony Stark's Playboy Millionaire too. But it's a completely different vibe, right? He's a cheeky totally, yeah. cheeky Yes, he wants the same thing, but he's a cheeky uh
1: does everyone know that Joker. Tony Stark is Iron Man? Yeah.
0: No. No. Okay.
1: Did Did so he's out? hidden.
0: No, he's hidden, but it's, he, he's is it's his actual identity as Tony Stark is this cheesy playboy dude who's completely over the top and out.
1: Bruce Wayne tries to pull that off in the second. But it, one, yeah, and
0: he does a little bit, but it's never it's it's Bruce Wayne when he's got like some supermodels with him and he's like drunk at a party and stuff. It's more down to earth, it's not like... Yeah. You know.
1: Well, he buys hotels and whole things on a fluke, so...
0: But I just... It's... That's the only
1: flaw I will say, from getting into this third one, is this, the concept that we've gone from unlimited resources, clearly over-the-top billionaire, to, oh, you got nothing. Or, you've got the threat of nothing... That was there wasn't enough from here to there for. The, I really like only. But- no, I don't mind that he that he's potentially losing everything, but it was like from 100 miles an hour to nothing, and there was no lead up really. There was one mention, and then boom. And I think that was the only jump that they made that didn't wasn't enough for me, but I accepted it. I would like it to be like Bond in Die Another Day, where you start off he's down and out and you have to really rise up, And they up, do literally. do that
0: with this on, um... And it's been eight years, right,
1: mm-hmm. in between
0: Dark Knight and uh, Dark Knight Rises. Um, and I really liked that, how it... Because at the end of Dark Knight, it's not an upbeat type of situation, right? It's... For 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 the Batman, anyway. It's... it's he's taking the fall. He's taking a fall, um... People are not going to like him for yeah. what for what happened. And then, I like how this one starts. The Knight rises, um, but there's something that elevates these movies over every other superhero movie. It's hard to put your finger on it. It's all, a combination of all those things: the cast, the writing, how it is on, looks on the screen, is phenomenal. It's he's brought the superhero to life. It's. You know, like I said about the Avengers this year. Yes, they're like comic book superheroes on the screen in real life. This is like a real superhero on the screen. Exactly. Like, like,
1: like a person being a superhero.
0: There's no suspension of belief any time. In fact, in this third one, when he comes out of the alleyway.
1: The, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's an awesome moment. Absolutely. I actually wanted to cheer at it.
1: <laughs>
0: you but, had a roller coaster for this, but movie. I don't <laughs> go. But I didn't go to myself. Oh, come on now, because
1: you you buy it. Yeah,
0: you know because it's another thing, isn't it? That you know that Lucius sorts out. Yeah. Um, so there, they
1: firmly secured you in the bubble. Yes. So you've got you've let it you let anything go that might be a crack in the at all. Yeah. the to me... I think there's a lot to be said for that, because sometimes you have to overcompensate for flaws, you know, like, even with, like, Savages last week. you wa- I want to like it, it seems really dark and gritty and ugh, horrible, and then those certain people come on the screen... Or oh, Spider-Man ele- the week before. Yeah, certain parts, and the bubble isn't... it's a little too fragile... And so the things, the cracks start coming, and pretty soon you're trying to, like, cling on to the good parts, and in your mind try to magnify, I don't know, it's like a, it's a split second in your mind in a scene where you're going, okay, well this is a little bit, oh my god, they're boring me, or they're whatever, I don't know what the feeling is, but you're just like... But overall, I really want to like it. But when
0: we watched Spider-Man a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I just felt completely underwhelmed at the end of it. Like, yeah. almost, when I said I don't think they should have remade it Spider-Man, I just didn't feel anything from it. I, it was very run-of-the-mill, and it was... I, I was never surprised, and I came out at the end of it kind of the same as I went into it. Like, okay, they did Spider-Man again. I like the guy who plays him, but the actual Spider-Man-y bits... I was just not negative but real flat lying on it whereas this I'm thrilled by it like I in fact this last one where we just watched Dark Knight Rises I knew nothing about I stayed away from the hype train and the trailers I actually did not know who the baddie was in the third one I stayed away that much from spoilers of it I know Batman's baddies and I said to you the other day can we think of some Batman baddies and we said
1: do we want to do spoilers then yeah we did
0: that we said at the beginning we might spoil some stuff
1: You said from the other Well, we're going to
0: spoil when we list the cast and tell you who plays who, right? Okay,
1: so if you don't want to know anything about this movie at all, and I I recommend not knowing anything, don't listen to the rest of this because it'll really... Well, okay, for me, it would ruin it to know some of these things. Right, so
0: I know Batman Buddies. Okay, so like, and I was saying to you, okay, we've had Batman Buddies in this... Who's going to be the baddie in the third one? I was like, oh, maybe it's the Penguin. Or maybe it's Killer Croc. Uh, Not Killer Croc, whatever the crocodile dude is called. Or maybe
1: it's Catwoman as a. Or Catwoman, or
0: Harley Quinn. You know, we mentioned people, and then I said to you, or Bane, because Bane's really. You know, I've seen Bane in the animated ones. I've read him in the comics. He's really cool. The opening sequence of this movie, (laughs) which is, if you like James Bond movies, you're gonna. I was like, we're watching a James Bond movie. This is the opening to a James Bond movie. In fact, this tops the opening to a James Bond movie because I've never seen this actually occur. Occurs. Um, when the camera pulled back and the bag was pulled off the, yeah, and I went because I knew, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know what Bane looks like. So I had shivers on my spine because I was like, yes, this is a good bad guy. You know,
1: I don't know if you realize this, but this is the most emotion you've ever described. Well, no, no, truly, really. you you felt like crying. You're very excited. Oh, that was! You had a, shivers. You're—I mean—you're not an emotional no, this person. Is, this, this is, is like woo.
0: That's that's why this is a good movie, right? Yeah. Um, even the extras. Made but you I like, knew this was going to be a good I, bad guy because, I, as in the first time you see the Joker in this in The Dark Knight, you know you're in for something good because the it's not the Joker you know.
1: What do you think makes Christopher Nolan? visualize, because it's, it's him who drives the design of things, mostly. He does trust his the people around him, but I think it's all his thing, right? His vision of what everybody should be like, and then the people bring. You know, obviously, Heath Ledger brought his own thing, and, you know, the uh, Two-Face guy brought his own. Really good. But do, what do you think about Christopher Nolan breaches that thing that makes these people feel you know... Like, in Spider-Man movies, the villains, Doc Ock, for example, nothing ever seems that threatening to me. Because they're too comic booky. They're right. like a drawn caricature put into a real movie. Whereas Bane That's the t- and... The Joker. Joker and... Who's the Scarecrow. first one? Oh, ra yeah. Ra-, Agul. ra yeah. I can to say his name. <laughs> Ra-Aghul. actually... is like-
0: ra- actually the weakest of this lot, in my opinion even the scarecrow i liked better and he
1: well he's never meant to be like
0: not super menacing
1: well but he's he is. menacing in in the big picture kind of way yeah but there's something that he must his vision of what they are like does that bubble thing you can accept that this you know in life could there be someone like bane I believe there could be. I believe there are people or humans who get so intensely angry and full of, like... Because In the world kind of the, feeling.
0: The way Nolan portrays Bane in this movie is he's literally a terrorist. Yeah. I mean, that's how... If you had to equate him to somebody in the real world, he's a terrorist, a Bond villain, a... Because
1: he's using fear and terror and the threat of of destruction... To modify the behavior of Gotham City. Right. So that's terrorism.
0: And like, he, you know... And
1: yet he wants you to rally for him because he's telling you it's for your own good. Yeah, like
0: a dictator. You're, yeah, you're... Almost, I mean, like a... No, a dictator. He, yeah, right. yeah. he wants anarchy.
1: No, he wants... Well, then he lets them do their own thing. But he wants you to realize that all of your...
0: You're being controlled. Snotty,
1: rich, your capitalism, all this stuff is like splitting you apart. There's poverty and there's rich and everyone should be equal. And so he wants you to be like, yeah, that's a good idea, you know, with him. But and the, on the other hand, he doesn't give a shit, I don't think. Like he's just relishing the the change of it all.
0: And he's one of the most menacing bad guys, just without saying things. And he does say I mean he is the I, amplification of his voice is awesome.
1: It is, but you know what? I had a lot of hard time understanding him in this. From movie. his accent. No, no, the mumbly thing from the machine. I, was, I had a hard time. So I
0: never really had a, a pro- lot of But time. he's doing like an Irish kind of gypsy, well, we know, accent. Um,
1: it wasn't the accent. It was just the literally the the apparatus making it. And I, I had a problem with some other, um, they had the music just, there's something about the, the, the frequency of some of the music was just exactly in line with some of the voices. And I just, it was like I was... I never had that. Something's up with my ears. My mom told me last week because I heard something happening. And I said, what's that? And she's like, what? And we stopped for a minute. And there was a fly downstairs <laughs> you do have things in the weird. kitchen. And I'm like, that is driving me nuts. And she's like, what are you talking in about? Fact, um, and I had to go. I was walking around, walking around the whole big, it's a big, huge 100-year-old house. And I went downstairs. And I'm like, "Oh, ugh, there it is. There's a fly yeah, in the kitchen, in have, the like, window. Like, you or got something. this zzz, zzz,
0: what is it? What is it they can doggy. hear? Dog can hear really well, right? Is that is it a dog? I
1: don't know if it's really well, but they can like hear a high pitch pre- things. They call me a dog.
0: No, doggy is. They call me a
1: bitch, just no. in a roundabout way. But um, <laughs> but that sometimes yeah, you I, hear I had P-
0: PC fans. I yeah. you say, oh, that's really bugging me me I I'm like, I don't really hear it. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> so there are sometimes in this movie, and there's other movies that do it occasionally too, where the music is playing like at this like level and then people are talking and it all just it comes straight at me like the same See, I do
0: have the problem with that song um, right um, maybe you need to return your ears to the store <laughs>
1: um, I kept turning my head like an old person like that's gonna help but...
0: another moment in the dark night yeah, that is um, amazing for me in this movie and there's lots of amazing scenes right but the scene where the kid is singing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh yeah. How fantastic is
1: that? That's like you go, Oh that's real. That's like a real threat. Ugh. That but then you know what? I have a hard... I I'm really horrible because all of a sudden I have to decide, mm, how much sympathy do I really have for all of us? <laughs> do I really feel bad <laughs> for this whole situation? One of
0: my favorite moments of that whole I have scene. To force is myself. Where, um the kids singing the Star Spangled Banner, and something horrendous is about to happen. And Bane stood. It's in a football stadium, and Bain stood in the, what do you call that, the tunnel where the players come out.
1: He appreciates it,
0: and he listens to it and says, "What a lovely voice! <laughs> it's fantastic like, cause that because oh, yeah? that one line,
1: it tells you about him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like he he's the character, and the way he is, the dialogue, his history. You know, if you talk about his origin story or whatever. And then his choices he's making, you're split. He's not an anti-hero. Uh-huh. He's almost an anti-villain. Because, not that you have sympathy for him necessarily, but as you learn a little bit more about him, and then you think about how clever he is and how he's put all this together, it's kind of like I have more respect for this villain and I'm threatened by him and the, physically but that and one, the big picture. And that
0: one line, to, you know, you his actual physical presence is imposing an almost... Like, alien looking. I mean, Mm -hmm. it looks weird. Like, it's hard to... But then there's a human being inside him. And that moment there, you're like, yeah, there is a human being in him, but he's... He's been twisted twisted up. Twisted, yeah. And um,
1: that whole I think we should have a Bane movie. Because how did he get in prison in the first place?
0: The comic books will probably answer all that for you.
1: Yeah, but I'm more of a movie person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So DC, if you're listening, I want a Catwoman with this Catwoman and I want Bane with this Bane. If you could just pull that together for me in the next six or seven years. Yeah, but, um, you know. Origin stories, I mean.
0: Yeah, and one of the things was, like, uh, what what I was thinking when we watched The Dark Knight the other day was, how can you top Heath Ledger's Joker or even be on a comparison with it? Because it's so good. And this did it. After,
1: I, I bet that ran through his mind as well.
0: Yeah, like, like you know, everything after that is going to be, like, a bit watery, a bit watered down. Because like, that is so good, that Joker character. But no, this is actually a good... I mean, I'm not saying it's better. I'm saying it's definitely on par with it. It's menacing in a different way than the Joker completely. Because it's... Even though the Joker wasn't like a comedy Joker in... <laughs> it was more of a fucked up psycho Joker, right?
1: But in a way... They're both like almost philosophers, almost academic, because they're looking at society. That's it. A more intelligent, yeah, a more intelligent villain, even the big picture of it all. They both want anarchy. They both want chaos. They both want some sort of justice, fairness—not justice necessarily, but like a fairness. Yes, and Two-Face. Yeah. Everything, you know, the fairness of everything. So that is where you get, like, this isn't a person who wants to, like in a Bond movie, they always want to uh, rule the world, or run a city, or dominate a country. One of
0: my favourite scenes in The Dark Knight is where the Joker s- slides down the money, and then just sets fire to <laughs> yeah. it. And he said, and the bad guys are like, holy shit, why are you setting fire to our money? No, I'm just setting fire to mine, because I don't want it. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> like it, sh-
0: it shows you that, you know. That's not his motivation, and that is awesome because, yeah, every Bond villain's motivation is to either rule the world or get a lot of money. Power, right? of money. So the Joker's past all that.
1: Remove that. That's what these Batman story kind of tells you, and they even say it in the Dark Knight. You know, a man who's the villain who doesn't want money is like
0: a, the worst type, the worst kind,
1: because they they have no nothing to lose, nothing to gain.
0: And Bane doesn't actually. I mean, no, yes, no. yes. there's a heist involving some money at the beginning, but it's not for the reason that exactly. you think it's for. Um, so, yeah, I was totally menaced by Bane. I thought Tom Hardy pulled him off fantastically. He put on, like, £30 to be him, because he's actually quite... I don't
1: know him. Do I? You
0: do know him, yeah. He was from Inception. I don't know his name in there's Inception, because I don't in know Inception. anybody's name. He was for quite all. prominent in Inception. He was in the fight. Was he? Yeah. Um, he was in... Do you know know that movie? You don't. I've got
1: him right here. You
0: know that movie with um, the two spies and Reese Witherspoon? They're fighting over her. We've not seen it, we saw the trailer though. This Means War. Oh yeah. He's one of those dudes.
1: Right. Oh, there he is, yeah.
0: It's called This Means War, right?
1: He was in Rock and Roller
0: as a handsome. Yes, he was in Rock and Roller, yeah.
1: In Sucker Punch?
0: Yes, he was in Sucker Punch.
1: Uh, I still don't recognize him.
0: (laughs) You would if you. Is there a picture of him there when he's not Bane?
1: Yeah, but I don't recognise him. You don't recognise
0: him? This is a famous English actor.
1: I'll keep looking, but. Kinda, sorta.
0: Yeah, but yeah. you know, I think he he put on 30 pounds to be Bane. You can see there that he's not normally like that guy.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no? yeah look at him normally. He's kind of slight. He's, he's not a big muscle guy or anything. He's just a dude, like.
1: Oh yeah, now I recognise yeah. him. <gasps> wow
0: yeah so to put that role of Bane it's not him at all is it it's not
1: that looks so different yeah not
0: you don't he even he got a
1: lot of muscles yeah so now he's yeah yeah
0: okay and now he's back to that again because I saw him the other day he's, he's awesome not, he's not like Bane anymore but it's crazy isn't it that somebody... I think
1: that that kind of a costume for example like when Christian Bale puts on Batman when Catwoman puts on Catwoman when he puts on that mask and the shoes and the
0: the and hold on with gest- yeah like,
1: that's where an actor can either be over the top like oh god they're being like corny like Danny DeVito as the penguin
0: I was just going to say like you know the amazing spider spiderman recyphunts it's
1: it's
0: yes. kind of campish in a way like cuz he's trying to be comic booky like, trying <laughs> to be com- yeah like that yeah, like- yeah
1: whereas someone who can just like it's like, I'm not into method acting, I know some people are, but it's almost like that they are full of it, head to toe, I actually but not, don't
0: think you would know that was Tom Hardy if you didn't...
1: I didn't know who it was.
0: No, but you're not that familiar with... Now you say, I kind of... I still wouldn't. Yeah, no. no it's, even me, and I knew it was Tom Hardy, I was looking at him from the side sometimes going, wow, what did they do to him? He, looks, he doesn't even look like Tom Hardy, like his head... You well, know. his whole
1: face was covered, to be fair. Yeah,
0: it is, but... I couldn't see any of him. Right. Plus the the, ma- the mass of the guy, he's like. They did show his
1: face at one point, but did you even recognize him then?
0: I I didn't, and I, I knew it was Tom Hardy, but even then it was not. right. So yeah, there's a transformation going on. Even um, Christian Bale when he's in the cowl, he does something with his face that Yes yeah, like when he talks,
1: couldn't kind of, yeah.
0: And um, it's the bottom half doesn't look Christian Bale anymore.
1: I think it's, they put a mouth. Thing, a teeth thing him, or something.
0: To make his lip kind of curl up.
1: Or maybe it's the mask pressing down. You know? Yeah, but
0: there's something about like it doesn't kind of look like him it's anymore. He's
1: like got an underbite. And
0: some people hate the fact that he does that <laughs> and <laughs> does the. But no. I, I, I fair, said. Because he's, he's in a different. He's a if different he's got all person. these
1: gadgets, why can't we just have a voice synthesizer so he can talk normal but it just comes out different instead of him? It didn't bother me this time as much as it did the first time I ever watched one of the movies. So this week it hasn't bothered me because I kind of it. He actually it. doesn't
0: do it in Batman Begins, does he? But a then, little bit.
1: A yeah, but then bit. but
0: then there's a big jar in the first time he speaks in the dark night and he really goes to It's argh.
1: like he had to realize that if I'm yeah. gonna talk with people
0: I can't just can't. sound like Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So um But my question is why not put a little gadget on yeah, your throat exactly. and just sound Oh maybe
0: different. he does, but it was never maybe that's why he does sound like that. Maybe there's something in his cowl, I don't know. A cowl? That's what that's called. What you put on your head?
1: What his hat?
0: Yeah, it's a cowl, because it blocks this part. It's called a cape and a cowl. C o w l,
1: yeah. I've only heard of a cowl neck on a on a sweater. Well, it's which is all looping.
0: It's all his hat and his cape is called the cape and cowl. Really? Yeah.
1: I didn't know. You've taught me something. There you go. Sure, it's not just a mask.
0: No. Absolutely not.
1: They don't call it a cowl in the movie. In
0: fact... No, they do, actually. Uh, Alfred calls it a cowl a couple of times.
1: Does he? Yeah. Well, proper Proper. He says Alfred. something
0: about his cowl. Especially in this one, he said something about the cowl. Like, you've hung up your cowl for too long or whatever. When he's
1: talking Oh, to. see, I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now so, I do. Let's watch it again.
0: So, um... Let's go on to the cast there. The movies... I think I, we've covered I it can't now. fold them. any of the movies. I think they've amazing I can't call them they're 10 out of 10 all the way for me all, all three of them in fact I like all three of them they're different they're different movies aren't they they're, they are different like this third one is a lot different to the other two and the first one feels smaller and more kind of personal in a way and then the second one breaks out a bit and then this one's huge like it's like a big action movie so they do feel different let's move on to cast Christian Bale Bruce Wayne Batman um, Right. he's really great some people don't like him. I really like him.
1: I think that one of my issues isn't with Christian Bale. However, I think this is a characteristic of Christian Bale. Is that when he plays Bruce Wayne, the tormented, broken, billionaire, troubled, moody dude. That's where I start having problems with the over-sense... Yes, his parents were murdered when he was a kid. He lives in a city fraught with crime and stuff. But he also is that person that I don't particularly ever sympathize. I'm never going to sympathize with him deeply because he's poor me. Like, truly. And that's why Alfred has such a hard time with him. Oh, he's sure, he goes off for seven years wallowing in self-pity to try to figure out, out whatever. To come back and be the, you know, to figure out how to get revenge. And then he stays looped up for eight years in his house because he's a broken... <sighs> Somebody's it's dead. a lot to deal and, with what's going on in his life. Yeah, but other people have... You know, Alfred has also lost the same people. And he doesn't wallow around in himself. And he's probably rich as well. And he does his job. And he gets up out of bed every day. And I just think that right there subtracts a little bit. Because I think Christian Bale really plays into that really well. So he does that well. And then I don't like it. Right. I don't like the poor me thing. So... I don't know if that's him. No, it's
0: not him, is it? It's the Batman. Car- it's the Bruce Wayne. Character. I
1: think he's quite moody in life, but I think he takes it so seriously that that's how that comes out. So.
0: And then we've already discussed him. Tom Hardy plays Bane. Great,
1: Very memorable.
0: Um, you will never forget him once you've you seen. You never
1: forget him. However, I mean he's one of those people who a lot of people will not know. Right. Christian Bale walked down the street. Hey, Batman. Tom Hardy walks down the street yeah well yeah exactly. there'll be no, you don't, him Bane. no unless he's
0: wearing his Bane mask when he's walking right. but yeah from that moment where you where the, he's exposed on the plane at the beginning you will never forget him again no, he's no. just one of the me a memorable buddy in a movie uh, Anne Hathaway turns up as Selena fantastic slash Catwoman um, mostly Selena.
1: and that's how she's billed in the credits there's yeah. no Catwoman no she's not called Catwoman
0: She's amazing, she deserves her own Catwoman movie.
1: She's always good in Hathaway. I think she's underrated. Yeah,
0: the um Halle Berry I said to you today, the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. The what? Yeah, exactly. What are you
1: talking about? <laughs> can we take
0: all existing copies of that movie? Like they did with E. T. the video game. Take them to the desert um and I don't know, get a load of cats to piss on it and then say. And set then fire invent
1: the <laughs> thing where we can erase that little yeah. bit of memory from all of our brains. Because
0: if they're if there's to be a decent Catwoman movie, it has to start Anne Hathaway now.
1: And her, her attitude, because I need to know how she got this hardened, jaded... Right,
0: yeah, that, criminal the origin story. Yeah, of we didn't her. get
1: that, and no. I think that's what I, I'm desperate... Because I really like her. I think that she has refined her... Everything she does gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And
0: they based her on like the comic book Catwoman, who has an accomplice. She's a cat burglar. She's got an accomplice. She's a lesbian, but she uses well. That's a-
1: modern Catwoman. Yeah in the
0: in the modern Catwoman, that's comics. not
1: original Catwoman. But
0: they based her on that one where she, but she still uses her sexuality to. You How know,
1: does the lesbianism affect her?
0: Well, in the comics, it's really interesting because like they she they're both accomplices, uh, but they're both in love with each other. But they both use their feminine charms. Who to are we talking about? The Catwoman and her accomplice.
1: Who's her accomplice?
0: I can't remember her name. She's got. She's, got, she's also a superhero type.
1: Was she? Was that her? She,
0: yeah, that was her. Yeah.
1: Okay, but no super nothing her no, in this no, movie. No, no, no.
0: In, in this she wasn't even.
1: See, that would be the thing. She me? wasn't
0: elaborated on. We knew she exists, and we knew they were involved. I don't
1: know she exists.
0: No, I mean in this movie we see her lover slash friend slash.
1: There's no loverness at all.
0: There's one scene where she's hugging her from behind and it's she's just, about to kiss her on the neck. Remember? Mm-mm. There's one scene where she comes on and she says something about... It's just a real quick scene, but she's she's right behind her and she's going to kiss her on the neck. I mean, it's just touched upon.
1: Yeah, but I think you only think that way because you already know I that. I already
0: know... Yeah, and I can't remember the name of the... She's gotten...
1: So, no, there's none of that implied at all. But
0: what I'm that. saying is they've definitely used the recent comic book adaptation of Catwoman so if they do do an origin story of Catwoman it would be that kind of one which is cool because she's this cool cat burglar who like I say she just
1: she just pulls off the everything about it and she does like she says in the extra, she has to be several different reactions to things because she's good at acting as Catwoman to be fake and to do any scene she does a different little thing
0: it's my favourite Catwoman suit absolutely oh Yeah. yeah
1: They, they, well, I really did like Michelle Pfeiffer's. She put it together It's herself. got that
0: odd, like, uh, yeah, like, hand-stitch thing, hasn't it, going on. Right.
1: Cool. And for anyone to claim this one's not sexy, they can just go melt. Because, oh no, my it's god. it's, like,
0: super sexy. There's no
1: super hot woman's shape, according to social constraints squeezed into a black tight suit and um, and thigh-high boots with super high heels that anybody's going to claim. Because the lady said, well, we didn't want to make this one sexy. We
0: wanted to make it like a fighting suit.
1: What a load Uh, of shit.
0: um, (laughs) But, you know, they did talk about it in the extras, but she has these goggles that she flips up Mm -hmm. and they look like eaters on her head. It was awesome because I didn't know about those. And when she did flip them up for the first time, I was like, that is an awesome way of...
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You know Because she could be really cheesy But that's not cheesy Because it And it...
1: the only way the, And there's no reference to her at all As Catwoman No She puts on the goggles They flip up And then the newspapers say Cat burglar Yeah That's it There's yeah. no like same Catwoman with,
0: Same with um, Robin
1: Exactly
0: Not Not Yeah it, it would be cheesy And it's not Right Because we know Robin in past um...
1: <laughs> One Number Yeah
0: one. It Was cheesy as shit I hated him
1: I hated I hate that they it. even interviewed that director guy because know, yeah. he just
0: yeah he seems he's so if fucking anybody
1: indulgent that's what that movie is the Mr Freeze one yeah it's, it's so indulgent and it's, it's horrible lame I don't know if it's horrible I it's can't not, sit through it
0: oddly I, I I watched it again on is TNT it because or something? they
1: really wanted to to play all
0: them the stars and campy in the, stuff yeah
1: so that doesn't make it horrible
0: it's hard for me to watch it's not it's,
1: what you want after you've seen the Michael Keaton. I've never seen the Val Kilmer, and then you got George Clooney, which was supposed, and what would you say? You know Schwarzenegger and whatever Uh, your lady Kill Bill and all them, but it's like it it doesn't fit at all to me.
0: It's real excessive, like it's it's like the comic books,
1: but that's like the TV show.
0: Yeah, but then then
1: I've never, um,
0: in fact this trilogy of Batman I love it really I love it a lot and I've always been disappointed by past versions of Batman
1: even the Michael Keaton one?
0: even the um,
1: I bet when you first Tim saw Burton it you one. were not disappointed in it well I
0: I've kind of learned to appreciate Tim Burton's um, style you know and I do like what he does but at first when I first saw the Tim Burton Batman it was a bit too something odd for me if you get what I mean. You know Tim Burton's odd twist on stuff? Mm. It's right in there if you watch it. I mean, it is. Like, it's not your Batman that you're regularly dealing with. It's this Tim Burton twisted version of Batman. And Did I you always... Did do
1: the first two with Michael Keaton? Yeah.
0: Okay. And, and I well, was always a bit... Something... It's not... It's not 100% how I would like it to be. Whereas this is, like, how I like it. Right?
1: I'm sure that's what they had in mind. <laughs> you.
0: Yeah. And then it... Progressively got kind of cheesier as it went on, as other people took it on board, and then they tried to make it a, like rein it in a little bit. But um, yeah, Anne Hathaway, fantastic. Is Ka- oh well, Selena. Let's call Selena. Gary Oldman reprises his role as Commissioner Gordon. I can't say anything wrong about Gary Oldman. Loved him since Leon the Professional. I think that Sid and Nancy. Um, we've talked True about romance. Gary Oldman this week. True Romance. Book of V, Eli- well, anything with Gary Oldman in it is good. <laughs> I hate Red Riding Hood, but the best part of Red Riding Hood is Gary Oldman. And I don't really like what he does in it, but he's in it, you know? Um,
1: <laughs> it doesn't make him good. I mean, that doesn't mean he's good in it.
0: No, he's not good in it, that's what I'm saying. I, but if I had to think of something I liked about Red Riding Hood, which <laughs> I hated, it's Gary Oldman's in it. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Blake. Very good. Um. Yeah, he's really good, and it's like a subplot throughout the movie, and it's kind of obvious what it is.
1: Oh, not to me at was all. Was it not obvious nope, to you? Not oh, at it all.
0: was to me. In fact, I almost.
1: See, you're coming in with preconceived things. You already have knowledge. I turned so... to
0: say it to you at one point, and then didn't say it because I was like, oh, maybe she doesn't
1: know. Yeah, so you assume that these things are obvious because you already know shit. I don't, so no, none of that is obvious whatsoever.
0: That's better, really.
1: Yeah, it's totally better. Because it uh, kind of ruins it when you're going, oh yeah, that's what that
0: is. He's being, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's being tipped to be the next Batman, which I thoroughly agree with and endorse. Because he's really good.
1: As a real Batman. Though, as not, a Batman. Not this story you Not as this
0: me. story, as Batman. Uh, I but then it, it'll
1: be a little weird.
0: No, I mean, now I thoroughly endorse Because
1: you like, it. oh, weren't you in that Batman movie? <laughs> yeah, I was in that Batman movie, but now I'm Batman in a yeah, different but, movie.
0: Uh, we're talking about a different Batman, you know, the next version of Batman.
1: I know. I'm saying. It's still I think a he's a fine weird. choice.
0: Is what I'm saying. Um, Morgan Freeman, as Fox, awesome. Same as, same same as, as, as any same. other Morgan Freeman, <laughs> but he really—he's
1: always the same.
0: Yeah, and Michael Caine's performance in these movies, and I love Michael Caine. The Italian Jobs, one of my favorite movies. He—he's so good. Like it's almost like he's not acting to me, but he can it, the emotion he, he gives. And it's fantastic in this movie, because he asked Christian Bale's this broken man, especially in this Dark Knight Rises, and that speech he gives him... Uh-huh. About he's crying. Stop being such a, you know, stop being so up your own ass and like think of other people for once. It's just
1: like, like in Arthur, when he gets slapped with the glove. Yeah. Everyone feels unloved Arthur.
0: But Michael <laughs> Caine is amazing in it. I, you know, he's in all three movies. Briefly. Briefly. One. This one's but brief. I feel his presence in all of them. Like, And I can't wait to see him again. Because like, I feel because like... Because the
1: theme here is Batman has to be whatever he needs to be. Not what he wants to be or not what people perceive right. a hero to be. Alfred has to be something other than just as he says, the person who's loved you from the minute you were born. I can't just be, oh, Alfred will always save me. Alfred will never give up on me. I have to be Something more. I have to be what you need and not what you want. So the theme kind of rushes through there, I think.
0: And he's fantastic. And and every time I see, it, it, you know, yes, he does some wise cracky jokes with Batman, but they're always welcome to me. Like, it's <laughs> not... He doesn't... They don't overdo it.
1: Because what does Alfred do when he's not... I know he does some research.
0: Yeah. He does him. research. He runs the building. He... Everything, I guess. The mm. whole caretaker of the whole place. He...
1: I'm sure yeah. there's a lot to do
0: around Wayne Manor
1: sure
0: <laughs> but yeah he, it's every time he comes on screen and Batman has to well Bruce Wayne has to have an interaction with him it feels like I'm at home like at Wayne Manor like a like Batman's safe here
1: what I'm it's, glad is they never used Alfred as the pawn awesome yeah. as the danger yeah and that's thing. another trope that things yeah, always it's always pushing... just Gotham City yeah you you got oh are gonna
0: kidnap Alfred and then... you got
1: a woman thrown in there but still it's never that's never even as big I think that's
0: one of the Gotham things, they City. never go that way. Spider-Man loves to go that way, right? Yeah,
1: individuals are important not, to yeah. you, your uncles, you know.
0: Um, and then, we I have mean, got, Aunt, Aunt, finally, okay. I put down Marion Cotillard as Miranda. Um, she's, I always really like love her. her, I always loved her. She's in, uh, we've seen her in Contagion recently, or well, the beginning of the year. We saw her in Inception. She's a French actress. She's fantastic in this. Always good. Yeah, um I don't want to mention her in I don't wanna go mm-hmm. into her character but it's really really yes. good. Um directed by Christopher Nolan, we all know Christopher Nolan. He is not
1: everyone does, but
0: he uh <laughs> has directed many You
1: again you're assuming things from you know, the what, people. When I talk about directors when you know something, you kind of assume other people do.
0: Talk about directors who have not made bad movies. Christopher Nolan's actually in that group. You know when I was saying Oliver Stone's actually made bad movies and I'm I'll, even as an Oliver Stone fan, will say, I don't want to watch that one, that one, and that one. Actually, Christopher Nolan's movies, which include this trilogy, The Prestige, which is super underrated and amazing, the story. Also,
1: Michael Caine and Christian Bale.
0: Uh, Memento, which is a groundbreaking movie that really messes with your mind. Like it's, it's a, you know, it's a mind f, right? <laughs> and uh, Inception, obviously, another mind. F, you know, I there is not a bad movie in his movies
1: who else hasn't made one you say Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson
0: has not made a bad movie Quentin Tarantino has not made a bad movie for me anyway some people say death proof they don't like it I actually like it so Kevin Smith <laughs> has made bad movies
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you loved him for a long time
0: correct so um blu-ray extras on this what's and he making next who Nolan nobody knows at the moment so, Blu-ray extras here, uh, and this is pretty interesting that they don't list what they are on the box. Why would they do that?
1: On the outside? Is it a slipcover?
0: No, not on the slipcover or the actual box. They Why They don't not? list what they are. I've never known that to happen in, uh, I, you know.
1: It's not on the actual box? Do no, you know? it's just exactly the same. What's all
0: that stuff? Well, it, it's stuff. But it's not all of the stuff, Right.
1: Right, but they're still listing extras.
0: So, no, they're not listing... There's a lot of extras on- There's a second disc here in the Dark... This is the Dark Night Rises uh, Blu-ray DVD Ultraviolet Combo Pack. And there's a second disc that is actually crammed full of extras. There's over three hours' worth of extras on it. But they only mention two of them on this box. So, the first one is uh, the Batmobile. And it's an hour-long documentary... And it's really good.
1: Really, good. I didn't expect a lot. To... Like proper, like
0: not one of those like cheesy, no information kind of.
1: It's almost like you stumble across it on a Saturday afternoon. It's on TV. It's and like it's a, 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 a whole proper thing do- of the Bat- history of the Batman, Batman Mobile,
0: of the Batmobile. And what's excellent about it is it actually interviews all the directors involved in all the Batman movies and, and the TV show, and you know Adam West,
1: the guy who developed the first Batman right. Batmobile,
0: and it. You know, it's sad in parts. This mm-hmm. documentary. It's uplifting. I felt the love of Batman from the people involved. You know, like pe- people there were, had a passion. I think, with a couple
1: of exceptions, it's a very man centric thing. Yeah, because I I couldn't care less if there was no Batmobile. Like I couldn't. You could. I, he could ride it on a bicycle. I really don't care. So the car thing means nothing to me. I watch it. I'm wowed by it. Oh, that's cool. But I don't sit there as all these men describe. Oh, that's all I wanted when I was a kid. Get in the Batmobile. You know. Uh, And as a grown up, Jeff Dunham even bought the Batmobile. You know the Adam (laughs) West Batmobile? Yeah. It
0: was one of my first toys that I had. Right. I had the, the die cast metal car and it fired the rockets out of the top when you press the button on the back. I remember playing with that for hours and hours and hours. It put fire out the back? No, it fired like little plastic missiles out of the top. Oh, right. Out of the top. Oh, right. I had that, and I had James Bond's Aston Martin that did the ejector seat. I had those two cars, and I used to race those two cars, which is funny. So they both in... You know, when they show you all the different Batmobiles in this documentary and say everybody's got their Batmobile, mine's the Adam West Batmobile because that's the toy I had. That's the Batmobile. So you had had.
1: Bond versus Batman.
0: I did. (laughs) And
1: you probably had never even seen a Bond movie at that point. No, I had,
0: because they were on TV when I was a right. kid. You know, Bond's pretty English. Uh, Batman was always on TV. And I had those two cars. So yeah, that's my Batmobile. But there are some amazing Batmobiles over the years that I didn't really think of. Even the ones in the movies that I didn't like... They pretty are pretty amazing. amazing to look at. And in this documentary, they take them for a drive all in a row down mm-hmm. the road. And it's like, wow, look, they're Jeff actually... Jeff Dunham,
1: the comedian guy, drives the one he bought from the Michael Keaton. Yeah. Drives it down the street, puts gas in it. So
0: this Batmobile documentary, it's over an hour long. And I think it's a really well-produced documentary. It's a documentary I wouldn't... You know, there's documentaries on Netflix that I turn on and watch. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those. It's a properly produced documentary. So, if you're interested in Batman and the if Batmobile. If you want to
1: celebrate the Batmobile.
0: The only thing it's missing is Jeremy Clarkson as the narrator.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I was thinking when I was watching it, Top Gear Dudes should have presented this because.
1: You should about tweet past- and recommend it to them. Yeah. See if they even know that that's on there.
0: And then there's Ending the Night, which is a comprehensive look at The Dark Knight. Now, Rises. Now, what it is, is a bunch of featurettes. And they total a longer running time, but you can choose out of them. You know, there's one about Catwoman. There's one about Ending the Night, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a retrospective.
1: So all and one. The only thing I don't like about that one and other ones similar to it. Now I
0: like it feels uh, like everybody's kissing everybody else's. Not awesome. just that.
1: That's part of it, but that they all find themselves so important, like making a movie is this sort of like monumental um important thing. I'm so honored to be a part of this. I'm I, I will, you know, I I feel privileged to be a part of making this movie. And I think I don't I've had my job for a long and they talk about how they've worked with similar people, you know, the same people for a long time. Now that I could grasp. Like, oh my god, 10 years ago, we all started talking about the first movie, and we've been able to work. And the one guy, you know, two or three people said, my children were little when I started, and now they're...
0: Even Gary Oldman said, I can't believe, like, ten years with these people. and,
1: And for someone like him, or for like Christian Bale, the money that they've made from this franchise obviously has put them over the top more than they would have had before, stuff like that. But the way they talk about it, as if they have been a part of the team that... Cured a disease, or that they brought world peace, or that they figured out a way to feed the multitudes. It just all feels a little bit not just kissing each other's ass, but kind of up their own ass. And I think you need, you know, that makes me have less, like, I don't know what it is. Do you get that vibe at all? No. I, I just thought do. they
0: were all being respectful to each other, kind of thing, because they'll all see it. Like, it was great working with those guys. <laughs> it was great.
1: Oh, I didn't... It wasn't those comments. It was the, like... I
0: like it when... I like it when um, Christian Bale says, uh, it, it, if it weren't for these movies, I wouldn't have all these things. Like, the, what he was getting at was, like, he's become real-life Batman, money-wise, because of these movies. Because he was like, my family wouldn't have... Yeah. He was talking about money, right, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: of course.
0: <laughs> I, I really like that quote, because it was just like he's... He, this movie's turned him into real-life Bruce Wayne, not really. Kind of. Money, money financially yeah. it's a big pit of money he's probably sat that's in what I was just saying
1: he's made a lot of money yeah. Gary Oldman probably made a lot of money they probably made money before but just that thing of like oh it's such an important venture we've all started and yes it puts a lot of people to work gives lots of people jobs in the end however it is just a movie you know it's like a presentation of a story on a film screen that we all go and pay our $7 to see or we buy the DVD
0: an exceptional movie. Important
1: enough in the world, yes we need entertainment. But that vibe I just don't know. i like can you dial it down a little bit?
0: We also watched the making of the opening sequence, which they did it differently mm. to I I envisioned. I, I thought it was a lot more CG than yeah. it actually was, and it's not a lot of C G. It is, but there's some real <laughs> Yeah when you see real that stuff opening going sequence, on and they're using an IMAX camera which is this huge camera and it's in the air and they're flying it's like, it's a heist, basically, that beginning part, right? A, yeah. A, a kidnapping slash heist in midair. It's amazing. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, whoa, are you, really? They're doing, you know, it was, it
1: was crazy. It was a little breathtaking. And unfortunately, yeah. like I said, it's in the beginning. By the time you're yeah. into the movie about a half an hour, it's kind of like it goes from your brain until later when you do the extras. And you're like, oh, yeah. So the next time I watch the movie, like with the other two, all of those things will be even more appreciated because this time you're kind of like like you're just flipping from line to line and scene to scene. Whereas when you watch it again, you can go, Oh god, there's this airplane part! Oh, which is and then you can just, like nothing you've ever up. seen. No, so yeah, you get
0: three hours of extras. You get a Dark Knight Rises second screen app so you can do the syncing with the app thing when you're watching the movie. Get, um, also. You get an ultraviolet copy, and, yeah, it's a bunch of extras. I I feel that there might be a collector's collector's edition later on down the line, because the other two seem to have more extras than this one does. So there might be another version of this before they're done. You know, like a... uh, One thing I wanted to mention, if you're going out to buy this on uh, Tuesday, The Dark Knight Rises, this version, which is the ultimate version, is $24.99. But... If you go and look on Amazon and you don't own the other two movies or you don't own one of the other two movies, there's a box set with all three movies in for twenty nine ninety nine on Blu-ray, which is pretty decent, $10 per movie. So you can either buy this for $25 or all three movies for $30. So if you don't own them all...
1: Blu-ray with all the extras?
0: with all the, Yes, the whole thing. So if you don't own them all, go and look on Amazon for the gift set. Is it set. 3D? It's not 3D, okay. even though it has a 3D cover. Christopher Nolan's against 3D. Good. This movie never got made into 3D. He's more into IMAX. And this movie does have changing aspect ratios. Does it? Yes, it does. Uh, it's full screen for some of the action sequences and letterboxed for some other sequences. I didn't
1: even notice.
0: No, it, it does that. And uh, Dark Knight also does that. So it's, it does it more in this movie because he filmed a lot more in IMAX. The plane sequence at the beginning is all f- fills your whole screen whereas mm. it goes back into... But yeah, this comes with a lenticular cover. But like I say, if, you're, if you've not got all three, go to Amazon and they have got a box set which comes out on Tuesday.
1: The next movie Christopher Nolan is making is titled, and it's cast and making Man of Steel.
0: He's not making that. It's uh, Zack Schneider's directing that.
1: That's what I said.
0: No, he must directing. have wrote it. Or no, he's not directing that. That's what I said. Zack Snyder's directing that. Because I, I follow Zack Snyder on Twitter and he talks about it all the time.
1: Right. Well, here It's Christopher Nolan. Oh, he wrote it. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, well, he wrote it and Zack Snyder, Sucker Punch Guy, is directing it. Ah, right. Well, there you go. Um, and That's what he's doing, then. He's
1: writing am which,
0: which I'm so excited about. Oh, they're
1: in post-production. Which I'm so...
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I've seen the trailer, actually. Nice. What
1: I'm excited about... Man of Steel equals
0: Superman. Uh, Superman. What, what I'm excited about is Christopher Nolan writing that, Zack Snyder, the Watchmen guy, directing that. That is going to be a grown-up take on Superman, isn't it? You know, it's obvious what it's going to be. So. I didn't
1: mind the last one, but... You know, Superman is a story I think you can tell yeah. all different ways. Just like in the
0: I liked the last one. I, I really liked it. It, it was, had its flaws. It was not a lot different from... It, it, you know, Christopher Reeve ones are dated and cheesy-ish now. They're still fun to watch. And they didn't go like a real serious direction with this new... Mm-hmm. Um, what was it called? Was it just Superman?
1: I can't remember. I think so.
0: Yeah, Superman... And the kind Superman of... Superman Returns? Superman Returns. And they... Ca- you know, with the... What's he called? The Kevin Spacey character. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still over Lex the top. Luthor. OTT a bit, wasn't it? It was...
1: OTT. Yeah. Thank you. That's
0: a um, movie uh, quote. Okay. I mean a TV quote. Um But yeah, it was still f- cheeky. Yeah. Whereas this Zack Snyder one, from what I saw of the trailer, which was a teaser trailer that doesn't spoil anything, it looks... Dark. By Watchmen or this, like it looks like it's you the Dark Man of Very Steel. Serious.
1: Yeah exactly. <laughs> the Dark Man Rises.
0: And it's based on the Man of Steel comic books, which were a serious take on Superman. Not a comic bookie type. So um In conclusion, what can you say? Everything we just said. In my life, one of the best Super well Watch. One of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Like and, and works as a trilogy. It's just really all around great. And I recommend you go and get them if you've not seen them. And if you have seen them, go and get them as well. Because, like, <laughs> why not? You want to see this again, won't you? Um, so, thank you to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. And uh, go and buy it. Next week's Blu-ray review, talking of Blu-rays. Why
1: do they have to buy it? Why can't they rent it?
0: Buy it, rent it, do whatever you want. Watch it. Watch it. Um, so go to next- your brother's
1: house, go to your sister's house, go to your mother's house. If they've got it, watch it.
0: Next week's Blu-ray uh, review is The Bond Legacy. Another sequel
1: <laughs> I don't consider those sequels to be honest with you I th- I think it's a big story that gets told to us in no I get another
0: part of the Bourne I mean we're big fans of the Bourne, um trilogy absolutely well
1: it's um, not a trilogy anymore
0: not a trilogy anymore um, not the same Bourne but still another uh, episode of Bourne I'm excited to see another episode of Bourne because it's a cool story and there's all, there's, there is more to it than absolutely Uh, So, yeah, we'll see that next week. So, new movie game. What is that? It's not new movie game anymore, by the way. No. Old movie game.
1: Are we going to end it then at the end of this year and start a new game? Yeah. Uh, We haven't done it for a year, I don't think, but still, it's time for something new. Um, Movie memory one, two, three. One of us thinks of a question that starts out something like this. Name three movies that have or that blah, 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 blah. And you can't look it up. You have to dig it up from your memory. So don't look. So it's your turn.
0: Vigilante movies.
1: Hmm. Punisher?
0: Yes. You've not even seen that movie, have I you? have
1: not. I don't know why that came to my mind. Um, Vigilante. Um, aren't all superhero movies, Vigilante movies, really?
0: Not all of them.
1: Like Daredevil, he's a Vigilante. Because he does street criminals. He
0: Yeah, he is. Okay. And... But think of non-superhero, because there are some also.
1: Mm, this is sort of a anti-hero one, but fallen.
0: Yeah, he's an absolute vigilante.
1: There you go. My thing. Falling Down, you mean? Falling Down, yeah. <laughs> fallen. Also, and that's the one. <laughs> you
0: could go with any of the Death Wish movies. They're all vigilante movies.
1: Oh, yeah, and Clint Eastwood. Yes. Those. Dirty Harry. He's a cop, but he also goes sort of... yeah. You're right, though, about... Uh, Mad Max is a bit of a vigilante, if you think about it.
0: Yeah, definitely Death Wish. Though. I always think of that. Because, like, something happens to his family and then he goes to avenge, right? There's a lot of those. I spit on your grave. She's a <laughs> she's a vigilante.
1: True. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, so um, that's the movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, no surprise, Watchmen. If you haven't seen Watchmen, Watchmen. hmm Watchmen. And uh, Batman Trilogy. This Batman Trilogy. If you've not seen it, see it now. There's no reason not I to. I don't
1: think it's fair to recommend the movie you just saw.
0: No, it's part is. of your recommendation. Well, Watchmen is also, is fair and so I know, but suck a bunch To recommend, also. Okay. One. To
1: recommend the movie you just watched that you just talked about. And mine are
0: Well, I feel that strongly about this trilogy. You should see it.
1: I guess that over there isn't good for me cuz I can't actually read it. Uh, Land of the Dead. Which I only accidentally caught on television last week. It was beginning, and I was like, oh, what's this? And I know the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, it's really super cheesy. This time I watched it. It is directed by George Romero. It's got John Leguizamo.
0: I really, really dislike it. Des
1: Hopper. I did, too, the first time. However, watching it again, it's so, how did you put it? OTT. That it... It's got the total 80s vibe of movies, this sort of post-apocalyptic or, what's it called, dystopia. Like, you know, everything, obviously, the world's covered with dead people walking around. And it's, I thought it was, it's not great or anything, like, in terms of movie making, but I was totally there, man. I was, like, behind them, I was, like, rooting for and against, and I was, like, feeling the threat. That's a key thing for me in a zombie movie. The first time I saw it, it all felt a bit too comic this time because the one zombie guy is kind of thinking and then the ones that are following him. I totally... I was in... I was there. So I say try it again, maybe. Land of the Dead. And if
0: you want to really threaten one of them, it's uh, Zack Snyder, talking of Zack Snyder, his uh, remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, There's that's a threatening a threatening zombie movie. That's
1: a good one. Yeah. And the other one is in reference to Batman. There's a movie from 1959 called The Bat... I haven't fully figured out why it's called the Bat, except for this fear thing. But it's got Vincent Price, and he plays like this murderous guy in a millionaire mansion. And I don't know, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of weird. It's not super high quality, but it is called the Bat, it's 1959, That's black good, and white.
0: a great recommendation.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, we don't all need we don't need to recommend just known movies all the time. But it is called the Bat. You can I think you can go on IMDb and find out how to watch it online. So. The Bat. Alright, so games
0: and a scully stuff, not much this week, it's going to be brief. Assassin's Creed 3, been playing more of that. It's fantastic, you should go... Every time
1: I look at the TV, almost, there's like a, a game board. What is that?
0: Oh, we were playing the uh, mini-games. <laughs> there's a lot of mini-games, right. like checkers. And, yeah,
1: like a checkers board all the time.
0: And there's an achievement to win them all, so we've been playing Right. Um, and they're really odd board games that you've probably never played before, and they're from that time period. Are they fun? Hard, Quite difficult. One's just standard checkers. But one's this weird, like... I didn't even understand it at first. It took me a while to understand it. You have to match three up in a row and then you can take Zost one. last and get it? Took a while. Because it's quite complicated. But yeah, and there's bowls, you know. But yeah, that's just a, the surface of this game. Um, if you're into American history at all... <laughs> you know, particularly the Revolutionary War. Which... You know, we just started... the re- We're um, 15 hours in, and the Revolutionary War has just started. Like, the first shots were fired in the last se- session we was playing. It's really good. You learn so much about American history while you're playing it. I don't know a lot about American history, but I've been and learning... And you learned
1: European history on the last ones.
0: Correct. So, if you're into history, these games are made by history buffs. And yes, they intercept history with fiction. But... The actual history is real history. And when you, if you're in a battle, you can always bring up your start menu and there's an there's a, uh, encyclopedia. Oh, wow. Which will say, okay, this battle occurred and it will tell you the actual real history of this battle. So the battle we were playing last night, I was like, well, what's the relevance of this battle? And it turns out it's the first shots fired in the American Revolutionary War. And um, it's how it started right you know it's it, and it's redcoats versus bluecoats colonists ac- ac- you know across a field shooting at each other from a distance and then George Washington is just being promoted to a commander of the military and on the day de- on the day that the first shots were fired so it's really interesting if you're interested in history it's really amazing how they've weaved history into a video game that is about the end of the world right so um, I recommend Assassin's Creed 3. I also recommend that you play the other Assassin's Creed games because it will make absolutely no sense <laughs> to you right. if you are not if you don't know why, why this is occurring. You're not oriented to the whole thing. Right. Um, <clears throat> I also got my Club Nintendo Prize this week. Um, and you get your Club Nintendo Prize if you spend a bunch of money on Nintendo stuff in one particular year. You get points. It's like a reward system. When you buy a game, you enter a code into the website. It gives you some points. If you've got enough points at the end of the year, you get a special gift. Um, and I got mine this week, and it was a packet of playing cards. Now, it's not the best gift ever, because some of the previous years have been some awesome gifts. There was a Mario pillow that you put on your couch one year. Which is a big pillow in the shape of Mario, in an 8-bit style. Which is really cool, like it was big.
1: One year it was a big sculpture. Yeah, just so you know, it wouldn't be sitting on our couch.
0: No, but one year <laughs> one year there was a sculpture of um, like all the Mario like an actual sculpture that you got and this year you get a packet of playing cards which seems a bit of a jip after all those for the same amount of points
1: yeah but they're very interesting playing cards
0: they are really interesting playing cards and they're not like any playing cards you've ever seen they're like transparent I don't know it's hard to
1: yeah they're transparent
0: transparent with like metallic etching on them so they look I've never seen anything like them it's
1: etching it's just printed on yeah yeah but if you
0: look at it it's like it's not printed it's like Stuck on. Gold Leaf or something. I mean, it's not Gold Leaf, but it's... Yeah, yeah it's... It, they're really cool, and they've got pictures of... They're normal playing cards, and it makes sense because Nintendo were a playing card company before they were a video card company, so... Video card company. Video game company. <laughs> so they go back to the heritage of Nintendo, playing cards. Um And they've got Mario and Princess Peach on them and... Uh, Bowser. And the mushroom and the one-up mushroom and the cooper and yeah the jo- the joker is bowser they're really cool um, you can only get them that way so and thanks to a friend of mine uh, epic conspiracy from youtube who gave me a load of his um, nintendo points this year because he, he wasn't using them and he just sent me is that me- legal? well he sent me all the codes what if
1: nintendo's listening?
0: I think it's legal because he just opened up the boxes and gave me the codes it doesn't matter who <laughs> has them um, but yeah, thanks to him, and I got those cards, and they're really cool. Um, I'll probably put a picture of them on Facebook so you can see them. And finally, there's one game out on Tuesday. It will be Far Cry Three. Really looking forward to it. I will talk about it then. So sit talk. What's for dinner?
1: What's I, for dinner? I'm is very hungry. About going way. to be. It's getting pretty late. Isn't we it? have veggie deli slices. We we'll have sandwiches and some coleslaw and. some soup and fries soup and fries yes (laughs) (laughs) and my advice did you ask what's your advice it looks
0: like a lot of advice
1: well yeah i kind of just typed it up there um i was listening on the radio today i listened to this american life and radio lab on npr on saturday and one woman is talking about her career you know and she was like a graphic designer or something and work for some firm and the next sentence was and then i became a victim of the economy right and i was like what and she had to you know take her half a million dollars worth of savings and then like make a new life (laughs) as a victim of the economy and i was like what the fuck are you talking about like you're not a victim of anything like I I'm not even going to apologize. If you had a factory job and your factory closed down because of the events that have happened over the last few years, you're still not a victim of anything. You had a job and now you don't. You're not a victim. Like well, the
0: cause led to your yeah, but you're own. not a
1: victim. There's nothing. Nothing's been wronged to you. You have not been wronged in any way. Hmm. You just. You've lost your job. It sucks. I I can't imagine where I would begin to pick up those pieces. But I would never feel like, oh, I've been wronged. I'm a victim of this. No, your choices you had led you to a certain job. And then unfortunate out of your hand circumstances happened that that was taken away. But that doesn't make you a victim. Like, if you're a kid and you're playing with a toy and another kid comes and takes it away, you're not a victim of that kid. Like... I don't see it that way. If someone steals my car, I'm a victim of that crime. But if you lose your job because the world is in a cyclical thing where the economy has a certain thing going on, you're not a to say you're a victim and then attach that to other people and then other people go, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're victims of blah. It's like I don't know. It just really annoyed me. So like, unless your circumstance is really super dire. And it was specifically because of some economic... I don't know. I couldn't even put together. If you've had this circumstance and you feel like a victim, let me know. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm unsympathetic to losing your job at all. However, you're not a victim of anything. It is a a thing in life, and then you go on. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else to it. It sucks, and it's hard, and you're going to be like, like, ugh, you know, it would be it would be awful. I still don't think you're a victim of it, this specific thing. So that's number 1 reason for people to now be annoyed with me. The other thing is another thing that just sort of like always sort of irritates me. I am totally for standing up for your constitutional rights if they are being violated. If someone were to say to me, "Oh, you can no longer tell jokes about your president. If you do, you're going to prison." That is a violation of my constitutional right in the country where I was born to say what I want with the exception of anything that threatens public safety like screaming fire in a crowded building. That is actually not freedom of speech. I get it. And there's other examples, right? So that I would fight for. For people to say that their constitutional rights are being violated because their taxes are going up or the potential of having national health care is out there in any form, shape, any shape or form. Of course, mostly it's people annoyed that it comes from the Obama administration, but that their, their constitutional rights are being violated. How about this? It's not written down anywhere, right? But what about your constitutional responsibilities? You are a citizen of a country by chance. Unless you have moved here for whatever reasons. But most of the people listening to this, if you're an American, chances are you were born here. If you're British, you were born there. You didn't choose to come here. You know, you are here. So therefore, you're part of it. And our country is the kind of country that has democracy. We have capitalism. We have free market system. These things cost a lot of money. And as a citizen, it's your responsibility to pay for it, whether you like it or not. I pay. I don't have children. I'm never going to have grandchildren. And yet I pay taxes for our local school. It's fine with me. We need schools. I'm not going to bitch and moan and say I'm being violated because my part of my tax money oh, no. goes to a school. Or even if there's a new levy that says school taxes just went up by two pennies, I'm not going to bitch and moan about it. If someone says, you know, healthcare is going to be man, you know, mandatory and then you're going to have to pay X amount more dollars and part of that package is that people who can't afford it then still get it and that is sort of the circle that makes yours more expensive. You know, that's sort of the way it works. It sucks. Yes. My constitutional rights are not being violated. My constitutional responsibility to pay for my country and for every, we're all in it together. I mean, I like everybody, you know. I like most, almost nobody. Correct. I don't necessarily want to pay for welfare. I don't want to pay for other people to go to the doctor when I myself can't maybe afford the my $600 copays that I have to pay now while someone else who does nothing and sits on their ass all day and has absolutely no no input to this, To society at all. They get a welfare check, they get food stamps, whatever, the combination. And we all know what I mean. I don't mean everyone on it is bad. I'm saying there are people who exploit and take advantage. Part of my responsibility as a citizen of this particular country is to contribute to the welfare of everyone. Welfare meaning not handout. Welfare meaning everyone gets a chance and some people will abuse it. Some people will exploit it. Some people will never even ask for it, even when they need it. But it needs to be there as like a symbol of what our country is. So basically, stop bitching and moaning about your constitutional rights being violated. And don't say it just because Fox News tells you that bullshit. And don't say it just because some Yahoo down at the cafe. No, do,
0: do bitch and moan about it if it is being. <laughs> if it is being.
1: Yeah, but that, these specific things that yeah. I'm talking about. Right, right. Yeah and yeah, freedom of speech, say yep. what you want. But let's think about what we're saying maybe. Go that on. if you're just going, "Oh yeah, they're violating my rights because I got to pay more taxes and I got to buy health insurance and that jackass down the street hasn't worked for 10 years and now he's going to get to go to the doctor and I'm going to pay for it." Well, that jackass down the street is a is a is a citizen of the country where you live. And you choose to have a job and you choose to pay your bills and you choose to be, in your definition, a productive citizen. You can choose not to be. You just don't think that's the right choice. I choose to have a job and make a living and pay my bills. That is my choice. I could stop. I might have to suffer the consequences and have less in my life. That's my choice. So the guy down the street who does nothing... Is either choosing to do nothing, or whatever his circumstances is, is doing nothing compared to you, Mr. Miss Perfect, <laughs> obviously. But that doesn't mean that he or she is not a, another citizen of your country, and we are in it together. You know, if you start choosing and picking who does or doesn't get the benefits of your country, then you're not a democracy anymore. You know, and who are you to decide? That's, uh, that's it.
0: <laughs> and that is brought
1: to you by... <laughs> Citizens for America.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you for I listening. sometimes feel
1: like I'm more patriotic in a way that is like a pure sort of... I don't know. People think I'm naive because I don't think that everything is based on greed and money and security and all that kind of shit. But I think more in terms of like, look, we are one big group living on this land mass for whatever reason connected by that so think of it that way sometimes <laughs> if you can alright so um, <laughs> that's it
0: that's it thank you for listening <laughs> to the show I want to remind you about our websites dot sidtalk.com you can go and listen to Sid Talk
1: and I've just posted some new drawings that I've done at sidtalk.com c-i-d-t-a-l-k
0: and you're all welcome even if you don't <laughs> if you want to
1: go in there and like bitch and moan about your violated rights go for it
0: uh, you can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to com. click on the word podcast, subscribe, and do all that stuff. Email aschoolie, com for... Uh, just email me. Say hello. Don't email Sid Talk and say hello. Just... You can
1: even flirt with them, whatever you want. Flirt with them. You know...
0: And, um... Oh, Yeah, stay classy. Batman. They, Batman can't get any classier than this.
1: Uh So stay classy, Batman. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, because if you're not doing it, I promise you someone's doing it for you.